Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the companies they work for. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. And today we are going to be looking back at the last few years, which I don't think on any measure have been easy for business, particularly for marketers. Um, but we've probably learned a lot from them as we've come out of this difficult period or we are emerging from this difficult period. And today to talk a little bit more about what those learnings are and how we can apply them as marketers, we have with us today Ryan Mills, who is Director of International Marketing at a major brand, Microsoft, Microsoft Advertising. How are you, Ryan? Really well. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here. And also, we have a great guy with us today who is very senior in the world of PR, and he's Mr. James Ralph, Executive Director at Good Relations. James, how are you, sir? Ben, I'm uh, very well and delighted to be on the podcast today. And Ryan, delighted to meet you. It's great to have you both on the show. Now, I don't think I was being unfair when I said the last two or three years have been difficult. 2022, no exception, although we were out of some of the restrictions that made business difficult. But it wasn't easy, was it, Ryan, this last year or so? And that doesn't mean that we can't learn from it, though, does it? Uh, no, any, any challenging time is always an opportunity for a lesson or two. And 2022 certainly felt like it was full of them depending on which way you looked at it. Some of the things we took away uh, from, from the year that was, was, was certainly this, this change in consumer behaviour. And we've had so much change in behaviours for all of us, societal with COVID and all that transpired. But 2022 really felt like we were trying to get back to normal, but we didn't really know what that was anymore. Uh, and between work and as consumers, as, as individuals, we developed new patterns of behaviour. Uh, one of those we certainly saw from our research was just, just how uh, persistent hybrid work is now and, and how challenging it's been for businesses and employees alike to, to find that balance. Um, and it's it's really interesting how we break up our day now following that COVID experience, but well into 2022 and beyond, it appears, in terms of how we spend our time. I think the other thing we continue to see is just a really complex set of channels and consumption habits in terms of the media we look at. And as Gen Z uh, builds critical mass as consumers and in the marketplace and grows up, I think they're driving some some really interesting trends in terms of how how we reach uh, that generation and how we engage them. James, what do you do in your role and how does this connect to the things we'll be talking about today? So, um at Good Relations, we're a public relations and a content agency, and we're lucky enough to have worked with the Chartered Institute of Marketing for many years now. And one of the areas that we lead on is your thought leadership research. And and what we see in that is absolutely the same trends that, that Ryan has been speaking about, that yeah. it has been very tough. Um, consumers have changed their expectations. Uh, and according to um, uh, the latest impact of marketing uh, report that we put together uh, last year, um, businesses are, are feeling out of touch uh, with consumers' changed expectations. Um, and, and everybody is adapting. We're all getting used to new ways of working. 2022 is very much a year of bouncing back 
but bouncing into new habits, not necessarily uh, into old habits. So yes, we're back at work, but we're not back at work full time. Yes, we are spending more leisure um, travel has resumed, but it, the patterns aren't quite the same as before. And for marketers, the challenge is how do we adapt to those uh, and really lean in to those opportunities? Do you think it's getting easier or it's getting harder based on the changes that occurred in the last year or so? For marketers, um, I think it is getting uh, a lot tougher. Um, the, the research shows that over a quarter believe their brand is out of touch with changed uh, consumer right. needs. Right. And obviously, from a marketing point of view, a big part of what we're here for for brands is really listening to consumer needs and uh, and, and really acting to help our organisations uh, uh, adapt. So it is getting harder. But the good news is the uh, another piece of research that, that we carry out uh, for CIM is the um, the CMO 75, which surveys um, 75 of um, Europe and, the, and indeed the world's top CMOs, uh, and they're really leaning into this. So for marketers, there's a really good opportunity. So actually, they are um, bolstering their marketing budgets to compensate for all of the change and because of the, the economic uh, challenges that, that we see ahead of us. So is it getting harder? Yes. But I think as, as marketers, uh, we're, we're well placed to help the businesses that we represent uh, really lean in to the opportunity. I couldn't agree more. I think it has been tough for marketers, these changes. And I think there's that additional pressure of, of where the world has been around doing more with less. Uh, certainly resource constraints are a theme we hear often from, from our clients. Uh, and it has to be thought about really careful. There's a There's a real natural inclination, I think, to look for the lowest hanging fruit or what looks good on a report, but that, that comes potentially at the real cost to brand as well and continuing to build that brand. We, we know from uh, research that Nielsen did around marketing mix models that there's up to 2% long-term revenue per quarter lost by ignoring the need for brand building during tough times. Uh, so I think this is a really important way to look at it as a marketer. It doesn't make it any easier to get budget sometimes. That's a tough discussion, but we can't ignore those challenges for what feels like short-termism. Um, and that challenge is probably not going away from 2022 through to certainly first half 23. You know, though, I'm seeing a potential positive here from what you're saying. If you can get ahead of it as a marketer in the marketing department, if you can get the requisite resources to do it, you can very quickly open yourself out into better market share and into an advantage. Because if it's difficult for everybody, those people who succeed are going to do disproportionately well, presumably. There is there is opportunity for exponential impact, I would say, when times are tough. And I think the space that your competitors create where they pull back is opportunity, as you say, Ben, to, to lean in. And, and grab that, uh, and potentially more efficiently than you would otherwise in good times. What are the real the nitty gritty of the changes in consumer behaviour that we have to be absolutely hot on to make sure that we are the ones that get that exponential growth? I find it really encouraging to, uh, to, to hear Ryan from Microsoft Advertising be talking about brand building campaigns, because that's something that we definitely uh, recognise uh, on our side, particularly in the, in the field of public relations. Um, Social advertising is really effective 
activation, but it is also really effective at brand building as well. And those are two different disciplines. Uh, and the latest research from um, uh, Binet and Field shows that they are you know, distinct things. If, if you try to do both together, they're not as effective. You need brand building campaigns, you need activation uh, campaigns. And when it comes to brand building, the opportunity uh, that, that we see is in creating ideas that live. It's all about that earned potential. It's not just you pushing out a message, but it's about other people hearing, listening and responding to that message. It's really going back to the core principles of of the profession that I'm involved in, public relations, um, which is about third party endorsement. We want other people to care about our campaigns. And what I find really interesting is that I see this happening in the advertising space as much as it is in the public relations space. So if we think about campaigns, for instance, uh, such as the, the Cadbury's Secret Santa, that's that's a fantastic campaign. It's getting people involved. It's not just putting out uh, a great jingle, but actually, what you're seeing is advertising picking up on some of the the earned potential ideas that live that traditionally public relations campaigns uh, would have done um, and for us the uh, the perfect mix is when it all comes together so for us it, it it only works if it all works together and so from that side of things be talking about brand building and the potential that that has through advertising uh, and through social media is really exciting do you think there's a step change in the demand for sort of what we call authentic content, James, since how the landscape looked pre-pandemic to how it looks today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when we talk about ideas that live, they have to demonstrate three behaviours. Um, uh, and so we carried out research amongst uh, 75 brands um, uh, about those, those behaviours uh, and they're um, connected, memorable and trusted. Um, uh -huh. And really, we see that foundation, that authenticity, you know, 46 percent um, of the influence that a campaign has is about how well it is trusted. But trust and authenticity will only get you so far. You know, campaigns have to be memorable. They have to be distinctive. They have to be things that you want to talk about and you want to share. Uh, and that contributes uh, another third, 32 percent uh, to the um, uh, effectiveness uh, and influence that, that a campaign can have. And then the final one, and really this this is, I, I guess, Ryan's uh, area of expertise. It's about how well connected uh, these campaigns are. Who do they reach? Uh, and that for us makes up 22 percent. But coming back to your point, Ben, it is around trust. It is around authenticity. You have to have a strong base for that. But that's only the beginning uh, for, for brands. They, they really need to create campaigns that stand out, that live um, and that reach as many audiences across as many different channels uh, as possible. So it's memorable, trusted and connected, Ryan. And at Microsoft, I think well, our audience will be fascinated to hear how one of the world's biggest brands has managed to hit those that triptych, if you like, of success. Yeah, well, I think there's there's no simple or easy way to make all three of those things work together harmoniously every single time. Uh, but I would yeah, love to acknowledge what James said there about the, the partnership and the, the relationship between paid and earned. I think often these things get uh, put into mutually exclusive buckets and often they sit siloed in organisations as well. And they are so important to one another in terms of being effective in campaign building and in long-term marketing, and especially in 
in brown buildings. I think that's a that's a really, really key point, uh, particularly with connected. And I think what marketers can do in the context of, of doing more with less as well, it's, it's really important to look at how times have changed and the, and the landscape, uh, the tools available to us. Digital marketing has changed this so significantly. And I think even today, you don't have to look too far to see the excitement around automation and AI and what this might do to marketing in as of today, let alone in the future. And this is kind of really gaining momentum, but it also lives in lots of various ways uh, already, uh, not just in maybe the headline grabbing natural language sense uh, that we all talk about at the moment. And these tools have made us so much more efficient as marketers in bringing connectedness uh, around cross platforms, cross channels, um, and with each other as as well through that proliferation. So I think that's a, a really exciting element. And everything we see at Microsoft um, and for our clients uh, around trust is, is totally aligned to what James said. This is just fundamental and it taps into so many other elements around uh, marketing in terms of commitments for ESG and sustainability and diversity and inclusion, really important things uh, for our, our audiences, for our customers, but but also for the brands to get right and, and have in, in their fabric, in their culture, in their purpose. Um, these are big things, though. These are not just marketing things either, and they have to be built uh, through the organization. So tying these together, um, the right messages, the right business practices, uh, and then delivering that message nicely wrapped in a consumer way that makes you laugh or cry or remember. I mean, it, it's it really is a, a holy trinity for sure. And um, I think we we have had much success and also many learnings in in, in that process. One of the things I I think I I sort of pick up on. Uh, Ryan's point is about um, uh, innovation and AI because I think one of the things Microsoft in particular has been leading on is chat GPT and it's been so exciting to to be having a play of uh, with that uh, over uh, Christmas uh, and beginning to understand the possibilities are there for really connecting with consumers uh, at another level and and I think technology companies are really really good and, and technology brands are really good at being memorable coming up with innovations that that we all um, uh, love to to engage with and around connection but then there is this question of trust and I think ChatGPT is a good example of that. For this technology to really take off, we have to put our trust that what the AI is coming up with is the right answer. Uh, and our interactions with the brand via something such as ChatGPT can be trusted and aren't hallucinations. And I know that um, there's been some shade cast uh, by some of the competitors uh, on that. But for me, the possibilities for marketers of being able to train an AI to interact directly with your customers is really exciting. But our job as humans, as marketers, is secure because we need to act as that sort of that that level of empathy and that listening and the understanding to train up the AI uh, in the right way. So for me, it, it, it is a very exciting time, and 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 I'm I'm very eager to see Ryan, um, what else is coming up for, from uh, from you guys uh, in that space. Definitely exciting times as as this technology evolves and comes to light and. As we see, yeah, our products in Azure 
take shape with various integrations and as OpenIA continues to push the boundaries, I think a lot more to come uh, in the future. James has been talking about ChatGPT. For the few people who don't know what this thing is, it's a, it's a robot effectively that curates uh, the totality or the near totality of what's out there in terms of content to rewrite in the new prose. Uh, a copy uh, which can be used for all sorts of purposes, marketing potentially being one of them. Interesting as well to see that uh, it's an AI, it becomes a colleague, it doesn't become a replacement, as James was saying. We still need marketers there to train it and uh, work with it, and it becomes one of our team, uh, not a replacement for uh, the things that we do as marketers, which actually makes it more exciting. Beyond the, the sort of technologies, Ryan, how has Microsoft generally been responding to the change in the landscape in these last year or two? Yeah, it's been such an exciting time. And certainly at Microsoft Advertising, we, we've been really, really busy. I think we've got some really exciting uh, things that have been happening. One, we acquired uh, the company called Xander, which does uh, a range of things in terms of programmatic advertising, DSP, SSP really opens up the length and breadth of, of, of the internet in terms of display, video, and a variety of other formats. So I think that's really exciting. We've had our push into connected TV, recently announcing our partnership with Netflix and their ad-supported tier. Another really exciting uh, trend that we see with connected TV just exploding uh, as, a, as a medium for, for consumers to reach content, but also for marketers to reach, reach their audiences. Another one is retail media. Uh, this is a, a space that's been growing really rapidly and has been getting increase, increasing prominence as uh, marketers have shifted focus towards performance and how they can drive short-term value to the business. This has proliferated through uh, Amazon, a number of other players in the market. And for us, we've got a Promote IQ. We've just had some really big announcements uh, with offsite advertising opportunities here. And that wealth of uh, consumer behavior and retail data that lives on so many retailer sites that historically hasn't been monetized, but also there hasn't been the opportunity for marketers to engage with end retailers who might own that consumer relationship, but aren't actually the OEM producing the goods. And so I think retail media creates that really fantastic relationship and creates access and brand and preference. It's not just an end of the funnel tool. It can do much more as, as consumers look in all types of places for their category search. People hear the name Microsoft and they they're probably their instinctive response is that, well, Microsoft are going to be super responsive, uh, super quick to re react to trends and, and uh, leave the rest of us in, in our way. But presumably, it, it, to some degree, it, it, it has the same challenges that, that other organisations have. Its size can be presumably uh, an advantage as well as a disadvantage. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's lots to consider as, as trends and technologies emerge and as marketers specifically, how to implement those? Where can you implement those? What infrastructure is required? What do we really know or understand about the technology and, and how to apply it? And how quickly could you adapt? The, the other challenge consistently can be skills. Have we got the right people to leverage that? Because that is often a challenge. And I think in digital marketing, we've seen that be pretty consistent in a number of ways. Uh, and I'm sure uh, our friends in, in various agencies would agree, hiring great talent that can do these really complex cutting edge things is really tough. 
where no matter what side of the fence you're on. So certainly they're all considerations, but you, know, you have to, uh, I guess, make bets and also lean in where you think it applies most. Not every trend or technology is going to be the right thing uh, for a given given market or a given business to, to activate on. I, I think that's a really good point. Technology has opened up more ways than ever in which we can connect um, with potential customers or, or, or with stakeholders. But not every connection is is a positive one. It is possibly the, the, the best one. So I think one of the big challenges, if I if I kind of lean in and, and, and look forward, is you know it's very easy for us to talk about engagement, and we can have a brute numbers uh, approach um, to achieving our, our marketing objectives. If it's you know an engagement rate of, of two percent and two and a half percent, and it, it is a matter of, of, of throwing money uh, at the problem to reach sufficient people. Um, that, that we're going to be able to, uh, to to cut through and achieve the, the sales we need. Really, I think our, our challenge as marketers, um, as real humans of, of, of challenging the machine, um, it is about making those engagements as memorable and as trusted uh, as possible. And, and, and that's what really strong brands, brands such as uh, the John Lewis partnership, uh, for instance, uh, are able to achieve and, and, and able to leverage. When you see an advertisement, whether it is served to you uh, on YouTube or whether it is popping up in, in Netflix, uh, as, as a consumer, you tend to lean forward. You want to know uh, what, what's happening there. Um, and I think that really is is, is the, the, the critical uh, opportunity. What we like to talk about um, is it's about excess uh, share of voice or excess uh, share uh, of influence, because otherwise, if all you're achieving is what your marketing budget can afford you uh, or, or what your share, uh, what your market share entitles you to, you're not really doing your job as marketers. What we really should be doing is helping our clients and, and helping the, the firms that we work for to, to achieve excess share of voice, uh, an unfair uh, advantage uh, through our marketing. It goes back to what we were discussing earlier. To get that unfair advantage, you really do have to be ahead of what the technology can do. I mean, the, the stereotype, you might be correct me if I'm wrong here, Ryan, being a man who works in that sector, is that people have technologies and use a very small percentage of what they those technologies can actually do. And we're sitting here using uh, Microsoft Teams. Other brands are available for video conferencing. We wouldn't have probably been using any form of video conferencing before the pandemic because this would have been done in the studio but when i do this i wonder are there more things that we could be doing using this technology to do that are open to us but we're not leveraging as marketers yeah absolutely i think you know, the technology is only step one in pushing forward and, and innovating it's always having the vision and the ideas about how to apply it and then the executional ability to actually go ahead and do that and yeah Ideas are cheap. Execution is expensive and difficult. It's a cons consistent challenge. And I think we rely on talent to consistently be leaning in as well. I think it's a really interesting dynamic when you start to see more of Gen Z who are true digital natives in a way that no prior generation has been come in and have this familiarity or this perspective on technology that as much as we might try or educate ourselves, I don't think we ever really gain that that perspective and 
that's powerful. That's going to really rip through the industry as marketeers, I expect, in the coming years as they take a bigger, bigger share of, of those important roles. That's fascinating, isn't it, James? I mean, to get that excess that you're talking about, you've got to do a bit of pushing. There's got to be some push somewhere, pushing the client, the client pushing us or us pushing each other or engaging different people to get that excess. How do you go bad at as a marketer to make sure that pushing is going so you get more than you're entitled to? You get that unfair advantage, as you described. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, you're absolutely right. The um, and going back to, uh, to 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 Ryan's point, the the, the pushing and, and and getting eyeballs can be really expensive. I might just challenge the idea of of ideas uh, being cheap. Um, uh, many years ago, I was working for um, uh, an engineering uh, startup, and and the chairman uh, of it, um, a very wise man, uh, picked me up on this because I was using the I, I was using the word idea and innovation interchangeably, uh, and and what he said to me is like, anyone can have an idea, but an innovation, an idea that's applied correctly, that takes real skill, and I think that's that's the critical part of it. It's we can flatter ourselves and i think um, a lot of marketing um, is potentially flattery because they're ideas that aren't really living they are ideas that are put in front of people and people don't respond to them they, they don't love them they're not things such as uh, and i have to um, uh, apologize maybe um, but but you know our wider agency um, VCCP partnership is responsible for Alexander the meerkat but look there is a fantastic example of an idea that lived that challenged the sector financial comparison sites are boring they brought humor in and they reinvented the marketplace they reinvigorated the marketplace and they didn't do it in the way that their competitors were doing, which was a brute force approach to blanket advertising uh, 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 across the press, um, blanket advertising uh, across TV. What they did is they had an idea that lived and, and, and helped them achieve that unfair advantage um, over everybody else. So ideas, Ryan's right, they are cheap. It's ideas that live innovations that, that we really need to focus on. He may not have been universally popular, Alexander the Meerkat, but no one could deny that he was an innovation that worked. I mean, in terms of uh, impact and cut through, he, he's a legendary uh, piece of marketing, whether or not he's someone that we all uh, uh, like. Um, I'm going to risk uh, ire from my guests here because this is not always a universally popular question, but I'm going to ask you gentlemen to wield your crystal balls and have a look to the future, the year ahead of us, 2023 and up to this Christmas. What do you expect to be the big changes, the big shifts in the landscape in marketing in the coming year? And I will start with you, Mr. Miles. Well, thank you very much. I think it's going to be a really interesting year in terms of where we start and where we finish. And hopefully there's a little, le little, little less do more with less, a little bit more do more with more. Uh, and that opportunity comes to us. There's some really interesting studies coming out at the moment and, and predictions right across the marketplace. Uh, one that I found particularly interesting recently was, was Shopify reporting that 94% of consumers are more likely to purchase a product when viewed in AR. 
like AR and, and VR has been hanging over our heads for some time now, and various organizations have tried to push in with, with various consumer products, and it hasn't yet hit that real critical mass or, or that energy. It still feels like it's on the periphery. That sits very close to this idea of the metaverse. And again, companies starting to push into this, starting to define it, own various pieces. I think some very exciting collaborations that have gone well for various brands, particularly in luxury retail, where I think they have high cachet and high brand equity to, to leverage that and potentially sell digital goods. These two things probably live hand in hand and they will see some maturity this year. Whether they take off, I think it's a bit longer, but they're going to come to us in a significant way. Uh, and that, again, is really important and powered by the AI discussion we've we've already touched on and where that goes. That has to be the hottest topic right now, and it's just getting started. And it's at very low penetration, and there's tools coming up every single day, I think particularly for for small businesses, for side hustles, for entrepreneurs. There's a real accessibility thing coming um, where they can do a lot more with a lot less. It's going to be very helpful um, for that growth uh, in the in the short term. So interesting to see how that comes to life. It is really interesting, isn't it, that you're saying that it actually increases the chance of uh, completion of the sale when people see it in AI, in particular in sectors like furniture. My wife works for a major uh, retail brand, not to be named, uh, where uh, they're trying to introduce more AI because so people can see it in their space, see it in their home. And as you say, actually increases the chances of them completing the sale. It's not a gimmick. It actually helps people buy things that suit them. Nevertheless, it still has that uh, little way to go, you say, before it becomes something that is commonplace that we can expect to get and work properly when we go shopping on the Internet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're more of the uh, ambitious and really exciting trends are going to shift, big shifts. I think there's uh, some things to acknowledge also that are, that are a bit closer to the now and, and to mature, like come to maturity in 23. One of those Certainly from a marketing perspective is connected TV. We're seeing so many streaming services now. I'm sure we all have many, many subscriptions, half of them we've forgotten about. Um, but ad-supported tiers coming to those. We obviously work with Netflix, but it's not the only one. There's a forecast out there that um, the spend around connected TV could increase from 17.4 billion in 22 to 27 billion by 25. That's a big shift. And that makes it a huge channel for creating that connectedness that James mentioned uh, earlier. And it's also a very rich medium and it's very leaned in and it's big screen. This is quite different to a mobile experience or something like in-app, which has been kind of, I guess, all the rage or a major channel of dissemination in recent history. It represents a bit of a shift there. And I think it's a very Gen Z focused shift as well. This is how they've always interacted with TV. There's not the same connection to say linear or programming and waiting for the 7 p.m. news or your favorite sitcom. These things are changed, that's significant. And it's hitting critical mass and scale now, uh, much less so in the future. And the only other one I, I would love to call out here is um, that consumer behavior shift we talked about. It's 22 has been really challenging and, and interesting as we found our way out of uh, COVID and then it's been difficult in different ways. Uh, and so I think we'll continue to see businesses, uh, employees and consumers alike try and find that balance. Lots of tests about four day weeks, which seem to be proving very well. Long may that continue. Uh, 
Um, but hybrid work is certainly going to be here to stay. It feels like an old trend, but I would argue that it's still very much finding its level and people are still figuring out what that means. It does allow us to do many different things in our workday that typically in the office just weren't possible. Shopping, researching, all those exciting things. And it's definitely brought back the PC um, in, in a new way. So I think they uh, some longer term building things and, and some more right here, right now, hitting maturity um, trends that, that we're looking at closely. Fascinating future gazing. I mean, James, that is the practical AI, practical AI that helps us. Uh, buy things and, and be happy with them. Connected TV and continuing change in the working day, the hybrid patterns, the four day weeks, innovations like that, that there's still, Ryan Miles is saying, settling down. These are the three big things that we need to keep our eyes on as marketers in the coming year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think technology is really important and, and marketers have a really good opportunity just, just to, uh, to, to be at the forefront uh, of that. I think the other thing we all must pay attention to within the marketing uh, community is the impact of the cost of living crisis. Uh, and that is really going to continue to bite uh, throughout the year. So we have to show empathy. You know, we have to not only be connected, um, but we have to be trusted by consumers and be seen to be playing our part um, in helping them make ends meet. And so that would be my my key trend for 2023 um, is that times will be tight. Are we going to respond? Are we going to help our customers? We're going to help a lot in society and we're going to help with, with making people's lives better if we do things well and we get these technologies and we use them to their maximum potential. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed for your time today. Ryan Miles from Microsoft Advertising and James Rath from Good Relations. I hope you enjoyed the show. Certainly enjoyed having you. And thank you again for your time and your insight of what it looked like in the past and what it looks like in the future. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, James. Great to be here. Uh, thanks, thanks both. Um, really enjoyed participating in today's discussion. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. CIM Marketing Podcast. <laughs>